Hey, Yuki, was that Kyo's voice I heard? Um, I'm so sorry, are you okay? Yeah, that's him. He was a boy. Stupid jerk. And now he's a cat. <laughs>
I'm so excited. I'm so interested to see who they are. The first mm-hmm. thing I noticed that I really liked about Fruits Basket is I really liked Toru Honda, the lead character. I found her just really likable, and for some reason, I didn't find her annoying at all, even though her levels of highness are just unnatural in a character, for sure. Yeah, I, I think it's because her character is so reserved down to earth, and I think that's why she's so likable. In a typical harem-style anime, you're just given their one quirk, and that's kind of it for these characters. In right. this show, I don't think that's the case, just based on these three episodes. I feel like they're actually really adding a layer of dimension to the characters as they're revealed to us, and Toru is no exception. I mean, right away, her backstory with the loss of her mother, it really added this extra depth that I typically wouldn't see from this style of anime. Literally every character that we were introduced to, it shows that there's so many layers to their personality. As the episodes progress, that we're slowly starting to uncover what these characters are all about. For sure, and one of my favorite parts is, and when we get to episode 3, uh, she gives this little speech when she's talking to Yuki, who we'll speak about shortly, and she talks about the perspective on different shapes of kindness. It's really strange, where she's talking about like vegetables, and, or the shape of a candle. Everyone's kindness is different, making them a unique and different person. And that was like a really touching speech. That really shaped her character, and it wasn't out of left field. This was really like a natural flow for her character, and it felt weird, because even she admits it was, I don't know what I'm saying, it's really strange. But it makes sense, because that's who Toru is. Mm-hmm. Like, that's her character. That's her personality. That's why it works so well. Can't stress to you how much I don't like these perfect characters. And she kind of is that in some respect. But again, it doesn't bother me. They wrote her just the right way to where I think it works for that character. Right. Uh, yeah, I agree. So what would this be, 2000s anime, without a love triangle? There's probably going to be more down the line. Right now, though, we're introduced to two characters, Yuki Soma of the Soma family, who is the rat, and Kyu Soma, who is the cat. Adam, why don't you go into a little bit about their relationship as far as the, the cat and the rat? For lack of words, they kind of dislike each other very much. I mean, if, I mean, if you think about it in real-life aspect, too, you know, the cat always hunts a rat or a mouse or something Right, like there's that. a competitive edge with those characters. And like you alluded to earlier when we were talking about this, they relate to their animal counterparts extremely well. Yuki-sama is the pretty boy anime guy. He's the calm, cool, intellect kind of character. Not what you normally would associate with a rat. His issue is really a lot with people's perception of his condition. He thinks people are sickened by his existence. And that was a lot deeper than I was expecting from this character, who I thought was maybe going to be one note at times. That goes back to how layered these characters actually are. We go into Kiyosoma, which was my favorite character character. He plays the cat, the hot-headed, always angry outsider to the family, but kind in his own way. I really like how he means well, but he always says the wrong thing and has trouble connecting with people. Very stark contrast to who we have with Yuki Soma, who's not like that at all. One of the main things I think this show does extremely well is I like how the characters are all emotionally damaged. I know how that sounds. That sounds absolutely terrible, but you're already rooting from these characters right out of the gate. Like we've been, you know, discussed briefly about each character. There's each like a different layer to them. It results in more relatable issues because they're taking the time to build up these characters. Mm -hmm. All three of our leads, Haru, Yuki, and Kyo, are all relatable. Everything they're going through, I think someone in the audience can definitely relate to. Right. It seems like every situation that happens, I mean, obviously, we all don't turn into animals when we get (laughs) by the opposite sex but mm-hmm. they're in high school we've been in high school before too we we you know right. interactions with other people so that's why we can all relate to it my mm. question to you though adam is what do you think the animal transformation adds to the show i mean the obvious is calm it's funny we we have a good gag now do you think there's a deeper meaning just within these first three episodes i think because without it it's just your typical harem mm-hmm. i guess dad once again another layer to the show like that's unique that's mm-hmm. different than every other show that i've watched 
you know, they don't overdo it to the point where changing the animals becomes a nuisance. It's all comedic timing, I guess, if you will. Animals kind of act as these symbols for each character. One of my favorite scenes also from the show is when they're describing Keo. Yuki's talking about Keo in episode three, where he's discussing his connection with people and how he's able to relate to people. One of the best lines he says is, Keo is different. People are drawn to him. And he may be anxious at first, but once he's used to them, he relaxes. Like a cat. When you see a cat right. for the first time, they're they're on edge. They, they don't want to deal with you. Keo's kind of the same way. But I think that's how they utilize their animals. So I think that does add maybe a little deeper level than I initially thought as far as the animal characters. Because we have this mechanic in the show, we have this sense of mystery of what's to come. What family member's coming next? Because the interesting part about the Soma family, from what I gather, is they're not all technically related. You're brought into the Soma family. In terms of alluding to something more with the show, it... it... Well, there's a lot of scenes in here that just make me want to watch more, especially when they mention the head of the Soma clan, Akito. Who, who is that? I don't know if I necessarily would have thought there'd be this whole mystery angle about the family reveals. You have 12 members, essentially, of the Zodiac, so we have nine other people, at least, that, that we haven't met yet that are part of this Zodiac, so that, that's interesting. There's definitely a sense of what's to come going forward. Let's just talk about some awesome animation for this show. The use of lighting and color in this show is phenomenal. There's very few anime, I think, that can stand up to this kind of production quality. An interesting tidbit about this show, this is the second adaptation of Fruits Basket. There was an original one in 2001 that I think people did like to some degree. I know the author is the one that made the main issue because the anime didn't follow the manga fully. Natsuki Takaya actually is fully involved in this adaptation. The studio really went behind it for the fans and it shows. You can't help but notice how wonderful the animation is. It's just so pleasing to watch. I actually noticed the art styles and I noticed the shading and the mm -hmm. lights and the, and the pop of color. It's just so pleasing to the eye. Right, it's a nice combination of, I think they're using some like CG lighting, it looks like, and some digitized coloring. Uh, the show's just clean looking. It's one of the cleanest animes I've seen on the market. And for the level of show, like where it's a show that not a lot of action happens. I mean, there's not like action set pieces, right. at least in the first three episodes. For all I know, there could be a giant fight scene or something later on. <laughs> what do I know? There's not a lot of like still scenes. Or, there's a lot of movement in the scenes, which I can appreciate. They, they really did a good job capturing these characters. And I think that's another layer besides the emotional beats we touched on earlier that that really brings them to light, especially the lighting. This show has one of the best lighting usages I've seen in anime today, whether it's dark and they just have the lights coming down from like just the stars in the sky and the sun really like blisters in your face and you can almost feel it. That's how vibrant the color usage is here. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, effects that they use is when they transform them into the animals and it's the puff of smoke. It looks like real smoke. Yeah, I like that too. And it's fun, right? It adds to that comedic overall effect where it's like, uh -huh. poof, and somehow no one sees it. You gotta love that too. Like always, someone yep. just misses it. Uh, mm -hmm. Which brings me to personally, this is personally. Me and Adam have talked about this, and he knows. I'm not into the whole Japanese school setting. It's so overdone, so overwrought. It's the same school you've seen a thousand times, you know? Like, oh, they're hanging out on the front steps of that same school. Yeah, that's here, but it makes sense in this show. Where other animes, like My Hero Academia, Jujutsu Kaisen, maybe these more shonen animes, are, mm. all right, it's too much. This show makes sense. It's a slice-of-life kind of show, and the concept's not too outrageous where they can't be in school. Again, I think it works, and it adds a little more situational humor that, again, that is really relatable to someone this age. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it's going for. It's going to try and make a way to them. And like I said, everybody's been in school. But there's also like things too. They're kind of silly when you look at them. I believe it's in episode two where Yuki, this girl proposes her love to him in the library. And he's like, no, 
I can't love you. I'm sorry. Yeah. And she's like, no, it just flies away. It's so overdramatic, but it's fun. And again, it makes sense to this show. So my main negative, if I had to pick one thing that's getting me not apprehensive, but it is impacting really my overall enjoyment, is the story feels dated. That's maybe the worst part. And I'm not talking about humans transforming into animals. Just the core story. It just feels like it's been done before a million times. And anime is notorious for it. There's so many harem anime, whether it's a regular harem or a reverse harem. It does do some things that are differently. At its core, it really feels like a 2000 story when this was written in the, between 1999 and 2006 when the manga ran. Yeah, I get it. it. It's just because we've seen it before. We've seen tons of times. It's in even shows that aren't supposed to be harems. It, it's trying to be original. It has the aspects that make it original. But for whatever reason, I just keep going back like, oh, man... I've seen that before. You know, I'm waiting for something drastically different to happen. There's a lot of anime that do things like that. I'm not saying they should like kill a character out of nowhere or like do something crazy. Nothing's shaken the formula too much for me where it's not something I haven't seen before, but I think there is some merit to this show. It's not for me. So for me to even be interested in it in the slightest, it did something right, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd say that's progress. <laughs> yeah, I say that's progress. So I think we're at that point. We're going to give our final scores. Hey, everybody. Kevin here. Sorry for the interruption, but before the guys give you their verdict on this episode of The Real Rule 3, let me go over the four potential scores. Binge It, a must-watch show that is extremely enjoyable and shouldn't be missed. Give It a Chance, a show that has potential and is enjoyable, but should be watched at your own pace. Would recommend getting around to it. Put it in the queue. Intrigue is there, but not desperate to continue to find out what happens next. Recommend saving it for later and maybe, maybe not returning to it. Skip it. Well... Don't watch it. Not worth your time. Now that all that's been explained, let's get back to the episode. I'm going to recommend Fruits Basket. Give it a chance. I knew you were a moron, but I didn't think you were this stupid. Out of respect for the sheer depth of your idiocy, I'll do you a favor and fight you for real. So... Please try not to bore me. Well, it's not really for me personally. I feel like it's hard not to see the appeal of this show. It checks all the right boxes if you're into this type of series. It appears to be heading in an interesting direction, at least. There is a reason this show is so popular. It got a second adaptation, after all. It ended the first time. People wanted it. It came back. I think the charm and the story are all there, especially in the guards to readability and the emotional moments of this show. I think there is something special with this show. I think it's worth your time. Maybe not a binge it, at least in my opinion, but at least to give it a chance. I think it's something I'll find myself going back to, if not right away, I'd say sooner than later. Every show isn't for everybody. Right. So, if you watched these types of anime before, I would say give it a chance. There hasn't been much color in your face today. And it's still so hot. You should be careful not to push yourself too hard. It's very unique. It's got unique properties that aren't in, you know, your normal harem animes and stuff like that. But I mean, if you have watched those types of before, what are you doing? Binge it. Yeah, like go turn off this video and go binge it. Right now. <laughs> if you guys like what you've seen here today, consider giving this video a like and leaving your thoughts in the comments below. If you want to stay up to date with everything Real Movie Guys related, make sure to hit that subscribe button and check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget all you audio listeners at home, we are available on many podcasting platforms. Just search The Real Movie Guys and should pop right up. Thank you again all so much for joining us on this episode of The Real Review. We are The Real Movie Guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. Catch you next time.